church say amen? Can the church say praise the Lord? Can the church say hallelujah? Are you glad today? I'm glad I counted the cause. Yes, I paid the price and I obtained the prize. He saved my soul that was lost. Oh, hallelujah. And now my treasures are in the sky. I'm glad I counted the cause. Truly, we've got all the honor and the praise today. I want to say happy Easter to everybody. Truly, we bless the name of the Lord for his goodness, his kindness, and his favor in our lives. Thank God for Sister Angel leading us in devotion today. And thank God for the choir and Brother Eric and Brother David and the ushers on the floor and all you who are here today. And thank God for all his blessings and the praise team. Amen. Thank God for everyone who is here today for your service to the kingdom of God. We pray that you've been blessed by the worship experience already. Invite your attention to the word of God as we continue our theme, the Christian experience. Looking at Isaiah chapter 40. We'll begin reading at verse 1. When you find it, say amen. amen. Isaiah chapter 40, and we're going to begin reading at verse 1. We read, Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. For our New Testament passage of Scripture, we're coming from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 9. We're going to begin reading at verse 24. John's Gospel, chapter 9. We're going to begin reading at verse 24. Through verse 34. When you find it, say amen. amen. Matthew 9, verse 24, you read. So again, so they again called the man who was blind and said to him, Give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he is a sinner or not, I, don't, I do not know. One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. Then they said to him again, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I told you already, and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him and said, you are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow... We do not know where he is from. The man answered and said to them, Why, this is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from. Yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered and said to him, you were completely born in sins. Are you teaching us? And they cast him out. This, today I want to share with us briefly from the subject of the Christian experience. 
I am convinced about Jesus. I am convinced about Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we bless your name. And we thank you for this beautiful day, this Easter day, this resurrection morning, Lord, that we celebrate you coming out of the tomb, Lord. For we heard that the soldiers rolled the stone in front of the grave. And they said that surely his disciples might come and steal his body away. And we heard, we read that the, that the Romans said that you make it as secure as you can. Because early Sunday morning, the ground began to shake and the stone rolled away. And you rose with all power in your hand. And we celebrate that today, that you arose from the grave. And we bless your holy name. Now, Lord, we thank you for this worship experience today. All the songs and the prayers and the gathering of your people. Now we ask you to bless us as we come to worship you in the sharing of your eternal word today. Let your word go forth, Lord. Anoint me with your wisdom that we might share your word, Lord. That your people might be blessed today. Have your way, Lord. And we'll be careful to thank you. Because you've been good to us, Lord. You've been better to us than we've been to ourselves. So we say hallelujah today. We bless your name. Now have your way. We thank you for us. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. You may be seated. The subject today is the Christian experience. I am convinced about Jesus. Each time we share this theme, I hope you consider your own journey. You reflect on your Christian journey, the things you do, and the places you go, and the people you meet. And I hope that you you never lose focus on the main word in this theme, the the word Christian. Because it means that we must be Christ-like in the way we live our lives every day. Today is a very special day. It's the day we celebrate Easter. We celebrate the day that Jesus rose from the dead. The resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we know that this is, the, this is what makes us Christians when we believe that. We believe that Jesus arose from the dead. That, that means that we can arise from the dead. For we were dead in our trespasses and sins. But when we believe in Christ, we are being born to new life. That gives us hope. That gives us power. And we know that there's a plan that Jesus made for us. And Resurrection Day was a part of God's plan. That you and I might be free from the law of sin and death. Look at our Old Testament passage of scripture. We can see this plan unfold, even in Easter. It says, comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak, come to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, which she has received from the Lord's hand, double for all her sins. See, that's why Jesus came, died on the cross. He died for what? Your sins. He died for my sins. He died for our sins. He didn't want us to live in sin every day. He wanted our sins to be forgiven. That's why he allowed the people that he made to to crucify him. To whip him, as they say, all night long, the songwriter says. And they hung him on the cruel cross, and he suffered, and he bled, and he died for your sins and mine. It says, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. So that no matter where you are on this journey, you can accept Jesus Christ today. You can ask him to come into your heart and forgive you of your sins and make a commitment to live for him. You can start that right now if you want to, to live for Jesus Christ. It said, every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. We know that uh, we celebrated uh, Palm Sunday last Sunday. 
See, on that day, they were celebrating Jesus, saying Hosanna in the heights. You know, celebrating that he was the, the, the coming king. And they thought that he was going to move the Roman king out of the way. And he was going to become king. And they were going to have a Jewish king. And they were going to celebrate. But no, they celebrated in their own mind's eye. They didn't know God's plan. That Jesus was going to die on the cross. So the very next week, they began to crucify. They said, crucify him. See, just like Jesus went through some rough places, you and I are going to have to go through some rough places. His own uh, disciple had, had betrayed him. Judas is scary. You know, if Jesus had to go through some rough places, what about you and I? You ever had a friend that disappointed you? Somebody that turned their back on you? That happened to Jesus. It can happen to you and I in our journey. There will be some rough places. There will be some valleys. But I want you to keep on trusting in God because it says the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and our flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. See, just like Friday and Saturday, Jesus was in the grave. And the disciples were worried and they were afraid and we, we find that they were locked into a room somewhere. They were so afraid. But on the third day morning, Jesus rose with all power to the glory of God. And we say, all flesh can see it. So the whole world can see that Jesus rose from the dead. That's the plan of God for you and I today. So that we might go through trials and tribulations, but one day God's glory is going to be revealed. We're talking today about the Christian experience. I am convinced about Jesus. Let's look at our New Testament passage of scripture in John chapter 9. You see that John's gospel was written that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. We know he came in the flesh because we celebrated Christmas. But we want to celebrate Easter because he was the son of God. He was God in the flesh. And when he was crucified on that cross, he took care of the sins of the world. See, the blood of the goats and the blood of the birds and the blood of the heifers, that wasn't enough for us. Jesus had to shed his blood. So he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. That's why he died. That's also why he rose from the grave. So that you and I might have life. Not just life here, but everlasting life by believing on his name. And in this passage of scripture today, in this lesson, I want us to be convinced that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God. Because in this journey, people are going to question your faith. They'll say, why do you get up and go to church on Easter morning? Why don't you just, you know, believe like everybody else believed in the Easter bunny, you know. You know, he hopping along the bunny trail. But we want to believe in the gospel, that Jesus rose from the dead with all power in his hand so we could have life. And we find this same man who Jesus opened his eyes. He was still being questioned about how is it that your eyes became open? He couldn't convince them to save his own life. So I want us to be able to say, I am convinced that Jesus is the right one. That he is the Christ, the son of God. Look in John chapter 9 and begin at verse 24. The first thing I want to see in this message today is to understand that, that I'm convinced about Jesus no matter how many times people ask me. No matter how many times we need to be convinced that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Look at 
uh, John chapter 9 and verse 24. It says, so they again called the man who was blind and said to him, give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know that though I was blind, now I see. Then they said to him again, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I told you already, and you, don't li- you do not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? See, no matter how many times we are questioned, we need to be certain in our faith. See, faith is what the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Nobody has to come along and, and try to convince us with words of wisdom and knowledge that, that Jesus is the Christ. Because we have faith in our own hearts. Because we believe it for ourselves. We have experience in his power and his might and what he has done in our lives. So nobody has to come along and tell us about Jesus because we believe in our hearts already. It doesn't matter how many times people ask us. We need to be convinced that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And we see again, they asked him. He already told them. And he already showed them. But yet they were still asking him, how did this happen? They were wondering. Look how they, they asked the question. They said, you know, give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. And he answered and said, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, though I was blind, now I see. If that's not reason enough to believe, I don't know what else is. I know I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was in sin, but now I'm in Christ. There's a difference in the way I live every day. I know that Jesus made the difference in my life. But yet, they still kept asking him. So in verse 26, they said to him, you know, again, what did he do to you? And how did he open your eyes? And see, we don't always know how God does it. But what we do know is that he made a change. He made a change in our lives. And we don't have to go around wondering because we believe in Jesus Christ. We believe he made the difference in our life. So he answered them in verse 27. In other words, it doesn't matter how many times they ask. Keep on telling the same story. Keep telling them your testimony of what Jesus did in your life, what God has done for you. So he goes on to tell them in verse 27, he answered them, I told you already, and you didn't listen. So guess what? I'm going to tell you again. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? You know, that's one of the things I believe as a Christian is that when people see your life and they start hating on you, talking about you, wishing, you know, you would go somewhere else so they would have to see you. But deep down in their heart, they want to be a disciple too. They want to believe what you believe. They want to be as strong as you are. So go ahead and tell them your story. How God made a difference in your life. Because if you keep telling the same story, eventually they're going to believe too. And be convinced that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Look with me at Luke chapter 9, verse 23. We need to be able to continue to tell people, no matter how many times, that I'm convinced about Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 9 and verse 23, a very familiar scripture, it says, Then he said to them all, 
If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross just on Sunday. Just when everything goes right. Just on Easter. No, it says take up his cross daily and follow me. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. See, we need to make this decision every day. Continue to live for Christ every day. No matter how many times we go through trials, no matter what the day may bring, no matter what the week may bring, we need to live for Christ every day because we are convinced about who Jesus is. The second thing in this passage of scripture today I want to see is no matter what is said, I'm convinced about Jesus. Look back at John chapter 9. We're going to look at verse 28. It says, then they reviled him and said, you are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. And the man answered and said to them, why, this is a marvelous thing, that you do not know where he is from, yet he has opened my eyes. See, no matter what is said, you need to be convinced about Jesus. No matter how much they talk about you, you need to be convinced about Jesus. It says in the scripture that they reviled him. What does that mean? That means they started to insult him. They began to belittle him. They started to talk trash about him. They try to make him feel dumb and stupid or ignorant. You know, as a Christian, sometimes people do that to you. They begin to talk trash about you, make you feel dumb. Why did you not? Why you didn't buy that lottery ticket? Help me, Holy Ghost. Why you didn't go? Slap that person in the face. Why you didn't go get them back? They begin to revile you and insult you and belittle you because of what you are convinced about Jesus. If you know who Jesus is, you ain't got to worry about your troubles. You got you have to worry about God making a way out of no way. I don't need the lottery ticket because I got Jesus Christ. He got all the cattle on a thousand hills, and guess what? He on the hills too. Hallelujah, somebody. So I'm convinced about Jesus. No matter what they say about him, and no matter what they say about me, I am convinced about Jesus Christ and what he means in my life. I'm going to follow him all the way. So we see these people, these religious people, talking trash to this man who experienced something from Jesus Christ. And they look at what they said to him. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow... We do not know where he is from. It's because somebody don't know when you accepted Christ. They might not know where you bowed down on your knees. As the songwriter said, you don't know and you weren't there. You don't know when and you don't know where. You don't know what the Lord has done for me. And because I know what he's done for me, it don't matter what you have to say about him. No matter how much trash you can talk. Because I am convinced and what Jesus Christ has done for me. That need to be your story. That need to be your commitment. That you're convinced about Jesus Christ. And no matter how many times they ask you, no matter what they may say, even if they revile you, you need to be convinced about who Jesus is in your life. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 14. Have to understand that no matter what people say, we need to be convinced about Jesus. 
Ephesians 4 and verse 14 says that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things unto him who is the head Christ from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplieth according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. See, no matter what people say, you want to grow up in Christ. You want to mature in Christ. You want to be more and more like him so that everything that he has for you, you will receive it. You don't want to stop and start and have to start all over again. But you want to grow and mature in Christ so that no matter what goes on in your life, you will be convinced that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. So we're talking today about the Christian experience. I am convinced about Jesus. No matter how many times, no matter what is said. The third thing and the last thing is today, I am convinced about Jesus no matter what happens. No matter what happens, I'm convinced about Jesus. Look at verse 31 in John chapter 9. It says, now we know, this is the, this is the blind man who, who once was blind, now he can see. That this, he's, he's talking again, he says, now we know that God does not hear sinners. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered and said to him, you were completely born in sins and you are teaching us. And they cast him out. See, they cast this man out of the synagogue. In other words, they cast him out of the church. They told him, don't you come back to this church no more. We don't want to hear what you got to say. We don't want to hear this story about Jesus opening your eyes because we heard enough of that. And they cast him out of the church. And I want us to believe in Jesus and be convinced about him no matter what happens. See, the blind man was talking about the good things that happened to him. See, Jesus had turned his life around, opened his blinded eyes, made him to know that he could make he, that, that nothing was impossible for God. So he was believing, he was, his confidence in Christ was very high at that moment. But after he told them this story again, they said, you know what? We're tired of listening to you. Who are you to talk to us anyway? You're younger than all of us. You don't know what we know, so we're getting rid of you. Get out of the church. And I want you to know that that might happen to you one day. One day because you believe in Christ, or because you're convinced about who Jesus is in your life, somebody might get jealous of you. Help me, Holy Ghost. Might be tired of you being smarter than them. Because everybody liked your ideal and didn't like their idea. That's really what this is all about. And they told him to leave. Get, get out. Just get on out. And I want you to know today that if that happened to you, I still want you to be convinced about Jesus. Still know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Because, if, because they kicked him out. He didn't go blind because they kicked him out. The fact that Jesus had opened his eyes was still true. Was still a reality in his life. So it didn't matter what other people's head. Didn't matter what they did. The only thing that mattered was he believed that Jesus made a difference in his life. When you believe that, it doesn't matter what people do. 
Because you know and know that you know that Jesus made a difference in your life. As we come to a close today, look at Romans chapter 8. A very familiar passage of scripture. Well, it's appropriate as we consider this, this blind man's story. You know, in this, in this life, we don't know what's going to happen to us. We may wake up one morning and someone may tell us, well, you lost your job. You may wake up one morning and someone tell you that your, your, your neighbor's house caught fire and, and your house is on fire. And you need to get on out. You may not have insurance. Or you may not have this or that. You know, you may get a phone call and say your mother passed away, your father passed away, or, or, or some loved one that is gone. But you don't know what's going to happen to you in this life. But you need to be convinced that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. You're going to live your life for him. Amen. Look at Romans 8. It says, beginning at verse 35, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For what I am persuaded, hallelujah somebody, that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So no matter what happens, no matter how difficult the trials may be, no matter who is going to be. It says, who shall separate us from the love of God? That means that there might be somebody. They might try to separate you from Jesus. Might try to separate you from your family. Separate you from your friends. But you need to be able to say, like the Apostle Paul, I will let nothing separate me from the love of God. No matter what the problems might be. And we see as we read down through these troubles, that we find that Jesus has some of these troubles. As he was on his way to Calvary, help me, Holy Ghost, he began to say persecution and distress and tribulation. Didn't Jesus go through tribulation? Didn't he hear his friends talk about him? Some of the, all his own disciples decided to walk away with him and not walk with him anymore. And it says distress. The Bible says that when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, that he bowed down in the garden and he sweat like drops of blood falling from his face. That's distress. And it says persecution, famine. You no, know, he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Yeah. And the devil said, why don't you turn these stones into bread? Anybody look like look at stones? Sometimes stones can look like bread itself. And I mean, the devil was trying to, to mess with, the, with, with Jesus. Yeah. And I know those of you who fasted with us, you know, the first day of the fast, when I got to work, somebody put chocolate right on my desk. <laughs> trying to tip me on the very first day. But I want you to know, I still made it through the fasting time. Hallelujah, somebody. We can make it through. We can be convinced about Jesus. And so it even said, nakedness, a perilous sword. You know, they took the royal robes off of Jesus. They mocked him and they scorned him. They put the, uh, a fake king's robe on him. And they, they bowed down on him and they mocked him. But thank God they took the, the fake robe off of him, put his own clothes on him, and hung him on Calvary's cross. Hallelujah, somebody. And then they took a spear and they pissed him in his side. And the blood and the water came streaming down. It was streaming down for me. 
But that did not separate him from the love that he had for us. And I don't care who it might be. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. Hold on to your faith in him. Believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God. And one day we'll be able to celebrate with other saints of God. How good God has been to us. How he brought us through trials and tribulations. How he brought us through burdens and cares. How he helped us in the midnight hour when nobody else was around. I'm still convinced that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And one day when this battle is over, we shall wear a crown. Aren't you going to wear your crown? I want to be there when you get your crown. Hallelujah, somebody. And then when they crown you, they'll crown me too. And we'll be able to celebrate forever and forevermore. Because we're convinced that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Let us stand together. The Christian experience, I am convinced about Jesus.